sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling. Here, as always, with me is my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, how are you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm doing better than all of my duck work that raced at Daytona this weekend. Is that tough to watch? Like When, Dude. when you see all that unfold and what happened, the, the mass carnage that happened to daytona and know how many hours she spent on those cars it it is yes it is because there's and the only way the only reason that it is is because there's that little sliver of hope where if all the breaks go your way and you get just lucky enough maybe you could just win one of these things uh i've been lucky enough to win one restrictor plate race talladega in 2018 um haven't won a daytona yet that one's a big one um, that I'd still whacked off. But other than that little sliver of hope that keeps it disappointing, um, I, you're pretty much desensitized to these tracks. Um, I, you, you know ahead of time that all of your work, you're, you're probably sending these cars to the dumpster. Uh, <laughs> and, and that you don't prepare them any less. It's not like you do anything different. You st- but, but just mentally, you know, like, None of this is going to matter. All of them are going to be destroyed, and it is what it is. So when it happens, it's just like, yep, just another. That's that's Daytona, you know. And how how Fans much like want. so? Say your car didn't get into a wreck, and it was just a normal normal race, you know, normal wear and tear. How much of that car could you reuse for the next race, as far as like body work and stuff goes? Uh, so so some of the smaller teams will turn a car around in one, especially the Gen Seven car. That's kind of what they, um, that was one of the platforms they campaigned on is that we don't have different bodies and different things that we do. Like you, with the previous generation cars going back to, you know, the eighties, there was a road course specific chassis. There was a, um, super speedway specific chassis and you hung bodies on them different ways for different track configurations. And it's all very, very scientific and, and overblown, but it, it amounted to dollars. And so this year, NASCAR, part of the Gen 7 package that they wanted to put together was that you could you could take a, like for instance, one of our cars, what was the um, the road course at the very beginning of the year? Coda, our Daytona 500 car was also our Circuit of the America cars for Chase <laughs> That's Bristol. crazy. Uh, I would have never guessed car. that. Yep, it was the same exact car. That the one that raced at the Daytona 500 for Chase Briscoe uh, also raced in Coda, um, and that's kind of the transparency of these cars. So smaller teams, to answer your question, bring it full circle here. Smaller teams could turn those cars around in a week if they weren't destroyed, um, but the bigger teams they'll they'll be mostly disassembled, inspected, and put back together. Uh, a couple weeks turnaround time is is what you expect. Now it could be. But there's no reason, like we have enough chassis that there's no reason we need to turn one around the same week. Right. Um, so, yeah, a couple weeks for us, but it could be done. It could be done in one week by somebody that was really getting after it. Cool. I always wondered that. I wonder how often you 
reuse just random body parts and stuff that you could. Uh, so the weekend of highlights, you know, we're going to go a little bit more in depth into all this. Uh, F1 race at Spa. Uh, apparently Lewis Hamilton can't race unless he is in first place. And yeah, Max, Verstappen, Max Verstappen could have started a lap down and he still probably would have would have run the race, won the race. Uh, F1 news, That's- Danny Rick out at McLaren. So that'll be big. Yep. We'll talk about that. Yeah, uh, uh, NASCAR in the Xfinity Series. Man, massive, massive rain delay down there for the Xfinity Series, guys. They didn't get done until like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning the following day. Yeah. Um, and then in the Cup Series, man, another massive rain delay, one that probably should have began a little bit earlier than it did. Um, but, you know, we'll also get into that big time once we get to the Cup Series part. And the uh, playoffs have officially started for the, uh, the Cup Series, guys. So yep. I know I know you're super excited about that, seeing as it is the self-proclaimed best playoff uh, of any sporting event in the world. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Can't wait to break. Uh, if you want to just skip all the crap that doesn't matter, we can go straight to uh, to the playoffs and, and do that. But no, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll have that. We'll have that time. This episode's been a long time coming. So yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we, we've harped on we it for a that, while, and it's finally here. We'll get there. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, let's start out at F1. Max Verstappen wins at Spa, and uh, in other news, water is wet. I mean, it's – I just – you know, I was – I told my boys we were sitting there watching the race, and I said, oh, Verstappen's starting like 15th, 16th, 17th. Yeah, 14th. Yeah. <clears throat> He's starting in the back of the pack. I was like, this is going to be good. He's going to be working his way up through the entire race. Well, in, when I – In the first lap, he did that. Yeah. yeah. He gained he gained like seven positions in the first was, lap. Yeah, dude. And, and by lap 20, I think he was already in the lead. Uh, lap 12 he was in the lead lap 12 of the race he was the leader but like i dude somebody showed me a line graph there was a tweet or something going around of a line graph of his trajectory and literally it's like laps one through 12 and then it's the rest of the race in one bar because it's just a (laughs) solid bar and i mean it, it like the ascent of this thing it just rockets right to the top i mean in the first lap i think he gained something like seven or eight positions it just, yeah i mean i i that car cannot be stopped right now and this Hit is him a, him in that car too i mean it's yeah. just unstoppable at the moment yep and this is one of those runs where you just have to stop and appreciate because this kind of dominance does not that doesn't come around often and and yeah it it doesn't get appreciated it does happen for what it is um for how rare it is it's like a no hitter in baseball it just it should be appreciated whether you like it or not you know when an opposing team throws a pitcher, throws a no hitter against your team, you stand and clap for that guy. Hell yeah! Because you appreciate the dominant. Like what my team lost, but look, this guy—he's going to get an applause. We'll get him next time. You—I mean—you just got to sit back and admire what Verstappen and Red Bull are doing to the F1 field right now, and give them an applause whether you like it or not. Just starching it, absolutely starching it. With which it kind of bummed. I'm kind of bummed because I thought Ferrari was going to challenge them a little bit this year, and. You know, I think that car for Ferrari is still probably capable of challenging the Red Bull, but dude, they just can't get out of their own way. It's just they're incompetent. Terrible. It's I, I, week in and week out, man. The the whole tire fiasco this weekend and Quali with with Leclerc and messing his tires up, and then just bad fortune with the tear off from Max Verstappen's uh, face shield that got stuck in the. <laughs> How players. awesome was that? Yeah, in his so break. random, you know. Uh, <laughs> this tiny little piece of plastic that he. Every driver throws out onto the track. 
It happens to go into a Ferrari's brake and overheat it. And, and this is only the second time in history there have been consecutive race winners that have come from P10 or further back. The other one was Bruce McLaren in 68, I want to say, sure. somewhere around there. Um, and funny enough, this will be the second time in 14 years that Honda has left the sport and the sport and the team that they have left dominated the championship the year they left. So this is the second time in 14 years that that's happened for Honda. Uh, Max has almost a 100-point lead right now on second place in the Drivers' Championship, so that's over uh, with yeah, eight races over. left. Yeah, completely over. Um, and the Dutch Grand Prix is this weekend. I think Max wins it by about three and a half laps. So, you know, the second uh, yeah. second place guy. And, and I mean, this is his home race, too. So the orange smoke is, I mean, that if it's possible to win by, however much it is possible to win by, they will stretch their legs and do that. So, uh, yeah, look, look for an absolute murder out there on Sunday. I just, it just seems so crazy. They took, they took spa and they were like, all right, we're going to replace all these components. Go ahead and take our grid penalty, you know, take our medicine here. That way, when we go to Zandavat, we'll have a fresh new perfect car for Max to drive. And it turns out like he, I, he just, pat, he just zoomed past every, I don't, I don't know how that happened. It was, uh, we're, we're in the midst of, of what Hamilton was probably three or four years ago. Um, and just, just dominating the field. And it's, it's awesome to watch. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a massive max fan, but I love to see people that are good at their craft and there's no one on the grid right now. that's better than max. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else you could say to add to that? Yeah. Uh, and this weekend for F1, FP1 is Friday at 1230. Then FP2 is, hold on. That's a, that's Netherlands time. We don't want that. We don't, yeah, <laughs> we don't want that. That's Dutch time. Here we go. Here if we go. It's 1230 in North Carolina. They're going to have a night practice. Yeah, they installed lights in Zandavat. Um, so FP1 on Friday at 9 a.m. And then there we go. Uh, qualifying. On, oh, I'm reading this backwards. FP1, 6.30 a.m. on Friday. All right, there we okay. go. Now I can read. FP2, 10 a.m. on Friday. FP3, 6 a.m. on Saturday. Quali at 9 a.m. on Saturday. And then the race is at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Matt, this is a foregone conclusion. I don't even know why I'm going to ask you this. Who are you taking this weekend for F1? Uh, uh, the race and the championship are Max Verstappen's and that is the easiest pick that I will make for the rest of the year on our show. Take that and go to the bank, cash it in, Max yes. wins. Yeah. yeah. If you got like FanDuel or whatever whatever sports app you bet on, put a couple dollars down on Max Verstappen. You it's almost a sure thing right now. So, I bet I bet his odds are so terrible this weekend for the uh, F1 yeah, race. Yeah, you might make a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, about a hundred dollars to make anything. Let me see. I'm going to pull this up real quick because now, now you've piqued my interest. I usually bet on the F1 races, uh, and I do, I do okay. But yeah. uh, let's see, with, all sports. With the run that they're on and the, his home Grand Prix, it's just it is going to be a max fest from top to bottom. It's not terrible odds. He's a minus one eighty five. That's almost a pick 'em. That's not terrible. I don't know right what there. that means. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, minus one eighty five. So that means layman's terms. That means you have to bet one hundred and eighty five dollars to win a hundred. So if you bet one hundred and eighty five dollars and you win the bet, then you get two hundred eighty five back. So you win a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, so yeah, both of us are picking Max at uh, Zandavat. 
Uh, IndyCar, the Grand Prix of Portland, the penultimate race is this weekend. Will Power leads with 482 points. Newgarden, Scott Dixon, and Marcus Erickson are two, three, and four. The top four are only separated by 17 points. Uh, this this championship looks like it's going to come down to the last race of the season or an actual Game 7, just like what NASCAR gets all the time very organically and not made up. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say besides that? It's going to be, like, if you don't watch Portland this weekend, I understand. I'll, I'll give you a pass. I understand that IndyCar is not the most popular sport racing sport in the United States. And, and you know, I understand that. And with respect to that, I'll give you a pass this weekend. We are going to have a championship race in IndyCar with almost certainly two, possibly three, maybe even a fourth if somebody has a really good weekend. If Scott Dixon wins this weekend and the streets of Portland, uh, spoiler alert, Scott Dixon's really good at street circuits and road courses, um, we could very well have a, four, a legitimate, a legitimate, an authentic, 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 authentic. authentic. <laughs> I got, right. I got up at three forty this morning and I ran. So I'm working off like seventeen hours right now. Uh, an authentic actual championship, right? I can't believe I, how many syllables are in that word, Bryce. I'm just a kid from Georgia. Help me four, out here. I think that's four. Uh, authentic championship an authentic is, is what championship you're. Is yes. Or yeah, we could literally have an authentic championship between multiple drivers. Um, we we're guaranteed to have a four championship, four driver championship race in NASCAR. Uh, but to see this in IndyCar is legitimately something special. It doesn't come around. A lot of times, IndyCar championship can be decided before the final race. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait for this. I, even, you know, Portland is what it is. It's not the most exciting track. I probably won't watch this weekend, but I will be uh, very aware of the point situation coming out of Portland so that we know where everybody has to finish to win the championship next weekend, and we'll give you coverage of that. And, it, and it's on a Sunday, too, which is really smart at IndyCar. They're not having to go up against uh, college, you know, the opening weekend yes. of college football on a Saturday. Yep. So good good on IndyCar. That's what I was worried about because if it was on a Saturday, I was like, well, I'll check the highlights of that. I suppose I will not be watching that live. Uh, but it is on a Sunday. So this weekend for the IndyCar series, uh, Friday, practice one is on the cock from 530 to 645. Saturday, practice two also on the cock from noon to one. Uh, and then you have qualifying on Saturday from 3 to 4.20, also on the cock. Uh, and then final practice, Saturday night, 7.15 to 7.45 on the cock. And then Sunday, you have the race from 3 to 6, the NTT IndyCar Series race. I don't guess it's sponsored by anybody. Uh, that is on Big NBC. Matt, who you got this weekend winning at the Grand Prix of Portland? Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'm just going to take Scott Dixon just so we get a four-car, a legitimate four-car, a big shakeup in the championship four. We have four legitimate contenders going into Laguna Seca. That's what I'm rooting for. I'm going I'm to take Marcus Erickson for the exact same reason, just so we okay. can have all four people just seriously with a, a uh, chance to win. So I'm hyped for that. All right, let's move on to NASCAR and the Xfinity Series. Jeremy Clements 
wins a race that had three overtimes, started three hours after it should have, and finished just before 1.30 a.m. local time. Uh, not ideal if you're NASCAR. Not not ideal, yeah. but that's it's outdoor racing. It's, you're going to run oh. into this sort of things, And it's Daytona, you know? Florida. I know you, you and I are so committed to our craft in this show that we were live texting each other at 3 a.m., uh, yeah. keeping up with the race. Um, I, I, in the, in the interest of full honesty, it was well into Saturday afternoon before I found out who actually won the Xfinity race. I did know, uh, I was keeping a track, keeping tabs on, I was watching, um, uh, some high school football on Friday night and I was keeping tabs on the, uh, the race. <clears throat> And so I knew that they were starting, they had a 10.30 p.m. targeted start time. Uh, and I watched about, I want to say, I think I saw the end of stage one. Uh, and Probably around was, midnight. I mean, this is close to midnight, yeah. And <laughs> or, it's well past 11, and I just, you know, I'm looking at this field, and I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I, I can give, <laughs> I, I can give a damn who wins this race. I'm going to bed. Like, And that's what I did. I, uh, so I, I take it from there because after I just committed to going to bed, I don't know or care what happened. I know well, no, it was no I mean, I was I was sort of along the same lines as you mm. were. I got home about twelve thirty, twelve forty-five, and I flipped on just flipping through TV, and I just happened to get on the Xfinity race, and I was like, oh, they're replaying the race, and I didn't see it say replay anywhere in the top corner. And I'm like, yeah, that's. That's odd. And usually it says replay. <laughs> so I pulled up my phone to see who won. And like I was getting live, You're you know, tracking the live timing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, they're still actually racing. So I fell asleep probably about 15 or 20 minutes before the race ended. I was, I was just sort of, you know, nodding yeah. off yep. there. Um, but yeah, Jeremy Clements wins uh, the Xfinity Series race. He was 22nd with five laps to go in regulation, avoided multiple big ones. Uh, that saw him work his way up to the front. 18 of 38 cars that started the race were in the garage when Clements took the checkered flag. And there are three races left for the playoff field to be set in the Xfinity series. So that was, um, that's a late night for all those guys. That's a late night. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll break down their playoffs when we get there. Nobody cares. They're going to be between Noah Gregson. It's going to be three junior motorsports cars and Ty Gibbs in the championship race and like who freaking cares who will be in Chicken Xfinity this year. So. Alright, moving on to the Cup Series. Austin Dillon wins at Daytona to get him into the playoffs after another three-hour rain delay. Uh, Austin Dillon avoided serious damage from a 13-car pile 13 car pile up on turn one before leading 10 of the final 15 cars uh, I know this is a big controversy, Matt, about when the race should have been red flagged, should have been red flagged earlier. Uh, I think it should have been red flagged maybe a lap before because I, I, I read reports that drivers were reporting that it was raining in certain corners and it was pouring down pretty heavily in, in other corners and stuff. Um, uh, so, so after the crash, Denny Hamlin came out and said NASCAR needs better officiating and Justin Haley, who was racing to get into the playoffs and leading at the time, uh, said it's pretty unacceptable that NASCAR continued the race. Scott Miller, VP of competition for NASCAR, said that there wasn't much, much more that the series could have done differently to avoid the elimination, uh, to eliminate the situation. 
So, Matt, what's what's sort of your take on on the whole thing that went down? Because from from where I'm sitting, from what I saw, and sort of from what I've read, I think it's sort of on NASCAR that they should have thrown this caution, you know, a lap earlier or two laps earlier, uh, because you, you know you get the front two runners just going through turn one and just spinning on their own. And I mean, you know, that that doesn't happen in, in the Cup Series, really. Yeah. Um... So this is one of the very few times. Let me go on record here. Everybody pay attention. I am notoriously critical of NASCAR as a sanctioning body and just generally government or any sanctioning body. I'm, Yeah, anybody that makes the rules. I'm, I'm also anti-government. Anti-establishment. Uh, so I am, I'm going to go out. I'm going to speak in rare air here where I'm actually going to defend NASCAR. So I understand what everybody's point of view is, except for Justin Haley, because as the leader of the race and knowing rain's coming, he's going to be crying that it's raining all around the track. He's going to be acting on the radio like he's in a monsoon. And, and he didn't doing have enough job. gas to get yeah. to oh, the yeah, end. Yeah. It was yeah. a strategy call to put him out there in the first place because they knew how close the weather was. So excusing him because he's just lobbying for himself and and that's his job to do for himself and his team um we saw the replay we got a really good look at the replay bro um in in one lap they went through turn one and two and all the way down the back stretch and it was not raining they got into three and four and they were playing uh Maybe whoever who was the leader that we were just talking about. It was it was Haley. Car. Haley and someone else was up there. Uh, Justin Haley. Justin yeah. Haley, the college car. They were playing Brett Griffin's audio, and it was in three or four that Brett Griffin started telling his driver that it was raining over here. Now he's on top of the the spotter stand, on top of the the NASCAR tower in the trial. So if it's raining on him, we know it's raining on that side of the track. Now this is a two and a half mile oval. So we'd seen the onboard camera. They went through one and two and it was not raining. You can physically, all the cars made it through. Nope, there was no issue. You get all the way down the back stretch through into three and four. And that's when presumably other spotters are telling their drivers the same thing. Hey, it is raining over here. We are being rained on. And and you heard, and they actually dropped an F-bomb on NBC's live. I don't know if you caught that. No, um, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they were playing Brett Griffin's audio, and he told Justin Haley not to f and lift for anything because it is raining. So like the caution is going to come out. Don't f and lift. Uh, and they they didn't catch that in the pre-screening. They missed that one, uh, and it got through on our audience. And nice. And my yes, my child is scarred for life because. Oh, oh so no! I'll be suing NBC any day now. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyways, so that got, but that's when, so theoretically, back to our point, it, the, the field was in three and four when they got the very first messages that it was raining. We know it was not raining on the lap before, so them saying that they should have stopped the race a lap before is complete BS because you, and, and Dale Jr., I think it was Dale Jr., it may have been Jeff Burton, hell, it could have been Steve Letart, I don't know, somebody on NBC said, you can't, Ask, you can't expect NASCAR to throw a caution because we expect it's going to rain. Like, you, I mean, and it just happens that 
these cars at the speeds they're going at and the proximity that they are at Daytona and Talladega, which is its own animal and entity, on slick tires, drove into a monsoon in one and two that NASCAR may or may not have known was there. But it was not there on the previous lap. We knew weather was in the area. We knew it was going to rain. We knew it was close. That's why Justin Haley was leading this race because his crew chief knew and make it on fuel, but the rain was coming and he wanted to give his driver a shot. So to turn around and then point the finger back at NASCAR when when what the strategy you were banking on didn't work out for you, it it's kind of hypocritical to be like, oh, NASCAR should have called the caution a lap. And maybe if you want to argue that NASCAR should have known it was raining in turn one because they do have people around the track um, that it should be reporting that that they, the field was in three and four. Yes, uh, I'll listen to that argument. But for the people, it sounds like most of the argument that I've heard is centered around the the race should have been stopped on the lap previously. But we know from the roof cameras and the TV coverage from the lap previously that there was no rain in one and two. But here we come around, go into one and two. It is pouring down rain. And you see, I, I think I was—I counted four different cars all break, they kept back in, kick out at once. I mean, yeah. it was almost—it was like nothing I've ever seen before. It was like a, a unison uh, swim team. In, in it was like those weird videos you see on Facebook where they're pitch. like, "Yeah, yes. yeah." It was—it was nuts, man. I, yes, I've never—I've never seen anything like that. And they all kicked out. I've never seen anything like that, and I've never seen anything. I don't remember what lap it was on, but like seventy-five. This was before the big race or the big wreck. Like 75% of the field came down for green flag pit stops all at the same time at Daytona. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. That was nuts, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think sort of sort of from what I saw, you know, when I say a lap earlier, I think the caution, caution should have been thrown somewhere in between coming off of four and going into one because the okay. spotters knew it was raining on the tri-oval. And Scott Scott Miller said they had spotters all over the track, and before they threw the yellow, before the wreck happened, he said none of their weather spotters or whatever their official term is were reporting any rain anywhere. And I'm like, well, that well, doesn't sound right because it was monsooning yeah. in one. You, you could clearly see it was raining by the time they got back. <laughs> yeah, it so, didn't happen in five seconds. So. No, no, and it, I, you know, I don't. It's not like I don't think you know them coming off a of two going into the back stretch. Back stretch the yellow should have been thrown, but I think somewhere in between them coming off a of four and going on to one, somewhere in that front stretch in the tri-oval, um, the, the yellow flag should have been thrown. And even if it was then, the cars, shoot, st- still might have slipped and, you know, got destroyed in, in the in turn one because of how heavy it was raining. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think NASCAR threw it as late as a lot of people are claiming, but I do think it was thrown late enough to where it affected a lot of people's races. I mean, it knocked out. Uh, Justin Haley, who was in yeah. in line to win and make into the championship, it knocked out Martin Truex Jr., who was you know having a good race at the time before he got hit. So uh, you know it, it affected a lot more things than just sort of a normal wreck at Daytona, which sucks for a lot of those drivers. But uh, I you know it is what it is. I suppose it's Daytona. A, a wreck like that's going to happen usually yep. every race, regardless of regardless of weather. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean that. And we saw how hard they were racing, knowing whether they were all uh, three wide a lot. Yes, it was wild before. I mean, they were going to wreck. It just happened to be because of rain. And since it was because of rain, everybody gets to point the finger back at NASCAR instead of themselves for the way they were. 
and that's that's just the product of this package that's the product of daytona and talladega that's what nascar wants because that's what the fans love to see a demolition derby and so that's what they got and you you got an, another fluke winner in nascar which you know I, look i no disrespect to austin dillon because he still had to go back out there i mean he had to sit for three hours not knowing whether he was gonna have to get back in his car or not or he was the race winner and then he had to go earn it but um by that time i think the damage was done to the field and there wasn't much competition for him it's not like you have to do a whole lot besides not lift uh at daytona and talladega so chase elliott does win the regular season championship for whatever that's worth so congratulations to chase elliott on winning the real championship and we will crown a fake winner here in a couple weeks um but uh uh, you you wrote down this tweet that said uh daytona cost every multi-team on average of around 400 million dollars on sunday oh four four million four or four million excuse me yeah yeah four million dollars on sunday i don't don't know where i got 400 from i'm also tired i've been up since about 4 30 yep i understand no i i don't know the logistics i don't know you know the source sourcing behind that tweet doesn't matter yeah i'm gonna assume that they were probably basing that on a four car team and you just average it out that because we lost all four cars all four of our cars are complete junk today um, you should, I mean, it, the, the trash pile of race car parts by the back door is just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so tall. I'm surprised another country hasn't shown up to put a flag on top of it yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, every, everything is destroyed. Uh, it just, it is just carnage. I mean, there's nothing usable left. It's not even worth it. it it's almost like it's a waste of time to take it all apart. Cause it's all going into the j- big junk pile. But we can use, um, reuse the steering wheel here, guys. Yeah, I mean that's basically the steering wheel, the seats; those are all intact. Uh, like everything. I mean, all of my job in the front end. Um, what I, about the piece of tape that you put on the front bumper? Is that still intact? Is that still good? Uh, nope, nope, no. That that whole part of the bumper's gone. I don't know where it is. Um, yeah, it was it was ugly, dude. It was absolute carnage. Well, after this, we go into the playoffs. It looks like this. Chase Elliott in first, followed by Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Kevin Harvick, Christian Bell, Christopher Bell, not Christian Bell, that's an actress, um, Kyle Busch, Chase Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Austin Sindrick, Alex Bowman, and Austin Dillon. One thing that I meant to bring up uh, – <clears throat> Kyle Busch was running that interstate battery special livery this weekend, right? Yeah. Man, that looked terrible on the side of the car. The num- the yeah. way the number placement is, these old-style paint schemes that they try to bring back, dude, it just throws everything off. Like, I, yeah. when Labonte used to run that interstate battery's green car, I used to love that, man. That was a slick-looking paint scheme. Um, but the the where the numbers are on these new cars, man, it just doesn't... When you saw it from the side, it, it looked terrible. Now, when you saw it from an aerial view, it looked good. I think the aerial yeah, views of it, it looked recognizable. good. Recognizable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just the side paneling, man, it, it just looked very. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I just didn't. I didn't. I don't. Why did they move the numbers up? Is there is there a reason for that? Supposedly, yeah. Well, supposedly the reasoning before behind it was that they could increase the advertising space on the side of the car for the sponsors. But 
half these cars have their sponsor didn't change the size of their logo and there's just a big empty spot and where you know it where it is just paint scheme like there's just whatever design is on the car <laughs> takes up a quarter of the size of the car uh where everything doesn't just flow like it used to yeah i'm still uh. not a fan of it um there are some schemes that work with it uh but there are some like you said the 18 that just don't they just don't yeah. look good Aerial view was beautiful of that car, but yeah, the side view uh, looked terrible. Uh, so this week, Matt, they are going to Darlington. Uh, we have the Xfinity cars and uh, the Cup Series cars. They are both going to Darlington. No trucks. The, uh, the trucks were off this weekend as well, right? So the trucks have yeah. two weekends off? Yeah. Wow. Lucky dogs. Uh, Saturday, Xfinity Series is practice on NBC Sports. And then uh, qualifying at 1035 for the Xfinity Series, also on NBC Sports. The Cup Series has practice at noon on USA on Saturday and then qualifying at 12.50 on USA for the Cup Series. And then the Xfinity Series race, 3 p.m. on USA for the Sports Clips Haircut VFW Help a Hero 200. That is a mouthful right there. And then on Sunday at 6 p.m. is the Cookout Southern 500 on USA. Matt, who you got this weekend? Round one of the playoffs. Um, round one A, I guess, because there's three races in the <clears throat> rounds. There's a lot of good drivers at Darlington, uh, specifically uh, between. Well, all right. So I'm going to name you five drivers. You pick one of them. Okay. I guarantee. I'm guaranteeing you. I'll give you the five. You pick one, but I guarantee right. you one of the one of the five goes to victory lane this weekend. Okay. Chase Elliott. Okay. Kyle Larson. Gotcha. Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr., which how that would be, how ironic would that be that he, that would be he funny. wins the, the week after he's eliminated from Chase Contention. That would be he great. Wins, but he's really good here. Um, and Kevin Harvick. Between one of those, those, one of those five will win the race this Saturday. I bet my, Sunday, I bet my house on it. You tell me which one. I'm going to take Denny Hamlin because I don't want to see okay. a hundred car win it. Um, give me Denny Hamlin. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I feel pretty good about that pick. Yeah. I'm going to take Denny Hamlin. What about Xfinity? Uh, Xfinity at um, Darlington. I, uh, low-hanging fruit, baby. Ty Gibbs. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the off-brand junior motorsports. Oh, uh, all right. Give me, like, Justin Allgaier. Okay. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So Justin Allgaier and I'm taking. I'm just. I'm just going low hanging fruit with Xfinity. Xfinity Ty Gibbs. That's like a 33 percent winning percentage or something. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss. Nope. Uh, one one lock to make the round of 12, and one lock to be one and done. What what is what is that? So do we do we lose anybody after this Darlington race, or is there anybody locked no, no, in no. after this race? No, everybody's locked in for the first three races. Okay, so the first gotcha. three races four will be eliminated so the next round is the round of 12 the lowest seeded four of these 16 will be eliminated after three races gotcha so okay. I, I want one driver from the 16 that you are willing to guarantee will move on to the round of 12 and one driver in this 16 that you feel pretty confident has will have business in the top 12 uh and is will be one and done with their first round exit Okay, I'm, my first round exit is going to be Chase Briscoe. I think he okay. is out after round one. Uh, and then my make it through to the next round, give me, give me Kyle Larson. 
Um, I think any of those Hendrick cars are probably guaranteed okay. to make it into the next yeah. round. So, yeah. Yep. Kyle Larson through, Chase Briscoe mm. at. Okay, I'm going to go um, just kind of the same. Um, I'm going from the other stable, guaranteed through. Denny Hamlin, guaranteed through to the next round of the NASCAR playoffs. And I'm going to take the rookie Austin Sendrick, the first car out. Uh, guaranteed does not make the next round. I would like to take Austin Dillon because he's also has zero chance at winning a championship. I mean, zero, less than zero. Uh, I was so happy to see him win Daytona because that is one less champion. That is one more person that is just cannon fodder inside the championship 16. <laughs> uh, so I'm all for it. Uh, I, I hope for my sake that you're wrong and Briscoe can get through uh, that. But I, you know, I can't, it's hard for me to argue even that being my car. They've been struggling lately. Um, I, I think clearly if you come from my point of view, my perspective right now, you're banking on Harvick having yeah. a deep playoff past, run. Past champions, sort of hot right now. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's I mean, good, that's, that's all you bet. can, all you can do is, is hope to make a play a, a deep run and then you got to have a lot of luck going your side. And then yeah, yeah. You, in the championship race, it just, it is what it is. I was 30 laps from winning a championship in 2018 when the, they threw the caution and we came on to pit road first and third and finished third in the race and lost the championship. So it's just like, it doesn't matter. You can only control what you can control. And, you know, we'll do that for as long as we can. That, uh, that's nightmare fuel right there. Nightmare oh, yeah. Fuel. No, my, our entire season came down to a caution with 30 laps to go. But that's what NASCAR wants. That's the entertainment value they're hoping for. So we were leading with 30 laps to go on our way to a championship after being the best car all year. And instead, a guy who won three races all year took home the championship trophy. <laughs> well, Matt, let's get to some questions. We actually had some questions that came in last week. Uh, the first one we have, do you guys have any allegiances to F1 drivers or teams besides Haas? I'll let you go first. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have any allegiances to anybody in, in F1 other than Haas. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big George Russell fan. Uh, I really don't know why. I just sort of gravitate towards the guy. I love Danny Rick. Danny Rick is probably my favorite driver on the grid. Um, no, but I... I I sort of like just about all the all the F1 drivers, like Vettel, like Kimi Raikkonen when he when he was there. Um, I don't I don't really have anybody. I'm trying to think. I mean, other than Nikita Mazepin, I really didn't have anybody that I dislike. Uh, Yuki Sonoda. Yuki Sonoda seems to have calmed down a little bit his second season. I, he, I've kind of come around on, on Yuki. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, I don't I don't have any allegiances. Uh, other than other than you know loving Haas because it's American and loving Schumacher because that's what I grew up idolizing was his father. So if he becomes something big, uh, I'll be a fan of him. Um, so my answer to that question, obviously Haas. But in my defense, um, I was a Haas fan before I was affiliated with Gene Haas as a as an employee. Oh, really? Um, no, it's. I mean, it's. Like F1 is an international motorsport, so as soon as they announced that an F an American F1 team was coming to the grid, there was no doubt. Like I, I was in. That was it. 
Uh, before that, uh, I was a Daniel Ricardo fan. Uh, I really liked the the one. I think I don't know. I think one year in '15, if I'm remembering correctly, it may have been after that. In fact, it may have been a couple years after that. But uh, Red Bull brought up Max Verstappen, and Red Bull was Daniel Ricardo and Max Verstappen. That's so awesome, and, man! And I just thought that was like that was such a cool pairing. Um, unfortunately, Ricardo couldn't handle the the young protege being better than he was. And so he just torpedoed his entire career over it. <laughs> and he's, he's never a, been He's had a downward trajectory. Yeah, it's never been the, it's never recovered. It's been How do you go from Red Bull to Reno? Like I, and think and then legitimately think that you and then immediately out of Reno to McLaren and that yeah, hasn't gone any better. It's gone worse. Now, now you've been fired by McLaren, so it's uh that's it a, ain't good. I, I guess we'll we'll kind um, of tie that answer into 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 question three. Um, did you guys hear Ricardo was leaving McLaren? Yeah. Uh, where do you think he goes? Yeah, it's and, not voluntary, but yeah. Where do you think he goes, and who takes his spot with the big orange? Um, I think his spot. I think it's Piastri, right? I mean, that's. Yep. Yep. We. I mean, we covered this a couple of weeks ago that that was the rumor mill. It's yeah. Pretty clear that that that's what's happening. So. Where do you think he goes? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I think he's got a couple of options. None of them are probably great. He may, if he wants to, if he wants to stay in F1, I think he can find a seat. Uh, I know, well, I, it's been reported that Gunther Steiner, team principal of Haas, has already given him a phone call. Like, who do you, I mean, you got to put Schumacher out, right? Bringing in Danny Rick, Schumacher's the one that's out. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't kick Kevin Magnuson out after you've already kicked Kevin Magnuson out. <laughs> And then called him to apologize, and he took you back and immediately returns your, like, for one, just for Kevin Magnuson to even answer Haas F1's phone call after they did to him what they did to him to replace him with daddy's money. Uh, and then then they call and say, hey, sorry about that. Can, we, you, can you come save us, please? Can you please? come back, actually? And he does. He returns, and he does, like, he does immediately well. He puts points. it in the points. He yeah. immediately puts it in the points. So yeah. I you I mean if you're Kevin Magnuson to me your your job is secure at a host for years to come. So Schumacher's got to be the one that's out, uh, which is weird to think about because he's only had two years and and he is trending upward. Maybe not at the pace everyone I hope for, but how much of that is him and how much of that is Haas? Like I don't know. Yeah. So I I do think though that if you can get at Haas, you probably do. And you have Magnuson and Ricardo at Haas. Uh, I, I guess he's got a couple of other options. Uh, the, I mean, everybody's going to want him. Can they make the deal happen? Somebody, you do kick your, one of your 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 second driver out. You kick him out to bring in Ricardo for sure. But Ricardo doesn't want to be a, a B driver. He wants to be the A driver. And, and that's part of his problem is how he got in this situation in the first place. Is he couldn't be the B driver behind Max Verstappen. He can't be the B driver behind Lando. He just he's he's struggling to be his his role right now. He's I don't know. I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if his F1 career is over. Um, I I we'll have to wait and see. But but the easy answer to that question is the McLaren seat is Piestro's for sure. Um, I mean that's almost imminent at this point, and Ricardo is, and that's 
to to be determined. We'll see. I, I think it's either going to be Aston or it's going to be Haas. And if it's Haas, Mick is out. So I think yeah. those are that's that's well, kind of my, that, my two prediction. We agree that Mick is the one that gets the boot yeah. at Haas. Yeah, he's the short end of the stick. I mean, he's he's done okay, but uh, when when you have a chance to get Danny Rick, who is a you know Grand Prix upgrade. winner, it's an upgrade. Yeah, 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 definitely. And if you're Haas, it, it, like, you, I mean, you got to take two veteran drivers too. I mean, yeah. it's you know Mick Mick five years down the road, Mick might be driving for world championships i don't know but yeah, yeah right now right now danny rick is a better driver than mick is um so yeah i see him either going to haas or aston if he stays in in f1 uh and then the last question what driver winning this weekend at daytona this question was asked last weekend uh gives us the most entertaining and chaotic exo- result and why is the answer larson or chastain well the answer is not larson or chastain the correct answer was anybody who hadn't won a race yet uh, because I was you're right. Was you're 100 percent right. Yeah, both because tr- <laughs> Larson and Chastain have both won races. So if they had won at Daytona, it makes no difference to the playoff yep. standings. Um, so we didn't get to do an episode last week. We had a lot of things going on, um, and it just didn't work out. What we, what I was going to do is in our driver pick'em from last week was I was going to pick. Now this would have been recorded on Tuesday which was before the Kurt Busch news on Wednesday. So keep up with me here on my timeline of events. Okay. I, gotcha. I was going to predict that in Daytona we would get a 16th winner and that neither Ryan Blaney nor Martin Truex Jr. would ultimately make the playoffs. That was going to be my prediction. You now, got 50% Wednesday, of it right. If we, now, it would have been 100% right. Now, Wednesday we get the news that Kurt Busch has withdrawn his playoff waiver, and so that guaranteed... Even with the 16th winner, that guaranteed that either mathematically that Ryan Blaney or Martin Truex Jr. were going to make the playoffs on point. Um, I probably would have leaned Blaney just because he seems to be the better restrictor plate racer. But but yeah, the the most interesting outcome, exciting outcome at Daytona would have been a a, a new 16th winner that eliminates uh, Blaney and. Truex from playoff competition, and which is ultimately what we got. Um, however, you've got to add in the Kurt Busch news, which you know is a complicated situation in itself, but but keeps one of those guys. And so ultimately, we get our 16th winner. Uh, we lose a driver who's won a race from the playoffs, and so somebody does get in on point. Winds up being Ryan Blaney. Um, Chastain, he doesn't have the patience to win a restrictor plate race. Uh, Larson wouldn't be any surprise, but you know what? Would any race won by Larson be exciting and or unexpected? I mean, nah, just, not in a Hendrick yeah, car, like yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, we sort of we sort of got the we, chaos. We that got we wanted. the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, it had nothing to do with Larson or Chastain, or never would have, because those guys have already won races. That would have been boring martin truex jr is in the top five for laps led this year and is not in the playoff race sucks to be him yeah absolutely mind-blowing uh matt you got anything else to add this weekend man uh no i'm ready to go to bed i am going to darlington on sunday so um, oh hell yeah man yeah take some pictures Uh, post post them on uh post them on social media i'll live vicariously through you I won't see the Xfinity race because it's week one of college football, and that's way more important. No yep. offense to NASCAR way, and our NASCAR, no, way more important. Our racing podcast here. Uh, I will be watching 
my defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday. Uh, and I I'm going to try to stay sober enough to watch Ohio State Notre Dame at 8 p.m. But those are those are tough, dude. Those are tough yeah, games to stay sober for. That, that's a playoff <laughs> seeding game right there, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Loser, we'll, loser, pretty we'll, much is eliminated from the from the college football playoffs. So no, no, we'll, no, no. I think just the loser of that game is the number four seed instead of the number three seed. Yeah, I don't know if you'd rather be number three or four. I guess it's whoever. I, yeah, I don't know. think it matters. Well, you know, no, no, I don't. You're gonna play Alabama or Georgia? Does it matter which are you yeah. three or four? Like you got to go through the SEC at some point to win the championship. So what does it matter when you play them? Honestly, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, game, I'm excited. But yeah, so but on Sunday, um, I will be at Darlington going to the Southern 500 just as a fan. I'm not working or anything. I'm sitting in the grandstands. I'm going to be drunk as a skunk. So <laughs> uh, as well, you should. I'll be, be flipping off Chase Elliott. Throwing beers at Kyle Bush's. Whatever car. you're getting, you're gonna go get. You're gonna go get Chase Elliott's autograph. I know you are. Climbing fences naked. Yeah, I'll get him autograph my Braves hat. I'm gonna. It's just naked. <laughs> now, it's gonna be a good time. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. I don't see a rain delay. But uh, Ugh, yeah, no, we don't want to see a three-hour rain delay yeah. in the race ending at 1:30 in the morning. That is not what we yeah. want to see. It'll be. This is my the first time I went to a race since Atlanta 2019. Yeah, because COVID wow, three happened years, so yeah. early. Yeah, the, and I haven't been to a race since COVID started. So, I probably yeah. haven't been a been, been to a NASCAR race since oh three or oh four somewhere yeah, around there. We're gonna change that. We're gonna do no. a live podcast from a, a race. Hell yeah, absolutely. We can we can totally. Hey, maybe we can get a hometown sports media to call a race or something. You know, do some partner with that or something. That'd be fun. You can't you can't broadcast a race. They have sure I can. No. Do whatever I want to do. Aaron has exclusive rights for that. No, we can we exclusivity can, deals, but we we can broadcast it backwards. You know, we'll <laughs> we'll say they're going counterclockwise instead of clockwise yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, for Matt Ridgeway, I am Bryce Farley, and we will see you all next week, same time, same place. <laughs>